Sophie Payton, aka Gordy. Welcome to Seventy Eight Amped. How's how's it going? Thank you. Yeah, it's going it's going well. You know, it's um, it's a nice day. I flew from Melbourne to Sydney today, which is cool because I haven't been able to do that for you know whenever I wanted to. So I it's don't like take the it for most granted, jet setting so. you can do at the moment, right? <laughs> I know. Seriously, going to the domestic terminal, at Virgin Melbourne, I'm like feel like a yeah, high flyer. <laughs> it's pretty much like the the internationalist of 2021. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before we uh, dive too deep into the interview, we love to sort of find out what what you've been listening to over the last sort of weeks. What you know, what what sort of has been spinning in your few playlists? Yeah, I um I actually just came across this record the other day. Um, the record's called Hannah, and it's by an artist named Lamelda. Um, and yeah, it's the first record that I'd listened to in a while that I kind of like stopped in my tracks and was like, mm, what's this? Um, and then I listened to it start to finish. So yeah, that's, um, I've been really getting into that and my sort of probably favorite record of 2020 was, um, a record called Beginners by Christian Lee Hudson, um, okay. which was, yeah, just so, so beautiful. So yeah, those ones. I can't say, I mean, I can't say I'm aware of the Christian Lee Hudson one, but you know what? I'll add it to my list. It's gone on the it's yeah, gone yeah, on the to do list now. <laughs> well, I mean, you've just dropped uh, Dinos as well, which is a collaboration uh, between yourself and Alex Leahy. And from from what I hear, it's a track that's been sort of you know in the works for a little while. It's had a bit of time to incubate it. Why? Why now? Why? Why was now the time to drop it? Yeah, it's been in the slow cooker. Um, <laughs> I think like we we wrote it back in 2018 when we were both in Nashville together, and. We just, I mean, both of us have had pretty full, you know, schedules for a couple of years and with, you know, records coming out and all the rest. And so COVID really gave us our first opportunity to kind of sit down, and, you know, finish it, um, finish tracking drums and, you know, keys and actually get it mixed um, and, you know, have some time to like make a video and all that sort of stuff. So it just, yeah, I think now because um, because we've actually had time for once, which was probably the sing- single silver lining of COVID. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm very happy that it's out in the world. Yeah, it's look, it's a spectacular track. And I mean, yourself and Alex obviously have a very close relationship and, and you've also been co-writing for other artists for a long time. When you're writing sort of about yourself and, and, and it's sort of a lot more close to home, does, is there a different kind of vulnerability in that songwriting process that, that sort of comes across? Yeah, I mean, there definitely is for me when I'm writing my own stuff, like when I wrote my last record. Um, I think for Dinos, we sort of like, I don't know, we, we weren't we weren't necessarily writing it about ourselves. We were just kind of like, we were writing it about this bar called Dinos and we were sort of, you know, we'd look around like in this specific bar and you'd just see people from all walks of life. And, you know, we were kind of trying to like, like really hone in on a particular moment um, and sort of <laughs> think about, you know, what what is that bar? Like, what did it stand for? It's a real institution. It's sort of really accepting of, of people from all walks of life. And so we wanted to kind of portray all these, like, you know, weird and wonderful characters um, that sort of fall under that um, umbrella. And so I think, yeah, it was, it was interesting writing with Alex um, because we sort of, I don't know, it's almost like we, we set ourselves a bit of a brief. We were like, let's write a song about this really sick bar that we love. Um, and eventually it kind of just wrote itself. Because, <laughs> like, it's, as you said, it's like, it's a real bar in Nashville, right? Like, it's a, it's an actual place. Yeah, yeah can... it is. It's, it's a real dive bar and, like, people, like, absolutely love it and you set foot in there and you can see why. And out of all the, like, characters that we mention in the song, 
the only thing that's actually factual um, that did happen is that there is a Dolly Parton cardboard cutout in the bar of Dino's, <laughs> um, which actually got stolen a couple of days after we left. And then the venue like put up on Instagram being like, you know, between the hours of whatever and whatever, Dolly was taken. And <laughs> basically it was like its own little film of the sequel of Taken. And then <laughs> she was she was recovered. So similarly to Taken, um, the, the heroes won. <laughs> Liam Neeson yeah. came in, saved the day. Well, I mean, <laughs> that kind much. of beautifully segues into my next question, which was that in the in the the video, you kind of beautifully recreate this, you know, eclectic set of characters um, in in a bar, and there is a Dolly Parton cutout. Did you guys get to keep that for a bit of like on stage cameo work? Oh, a hundred percent. I literally I, I paid for it with my own credit card <laughs> <laughs> at the start of January. We we'd sort of finished the song, like get, like we'd gotten it mixed and we were like, we, sh- we think we want to put it out in February. And we hadn't really planned exactly what we were going to do for the release or the video. But I was like, I was sitting at my, at, at work one day and I was like, I just think we're going to need a cut. Like, I think we're going to need a dolly. And so I like messaged Alex and I was like, I think I'm going to buy a dolly online. And she was like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent do it. And so I ordered it <laughs> and it came in like three days, cost me $104. Fuck, that's a pretty good investment, I gotta say. Like, yeah, except we actually forgot her. So, like, we the day that we filmed the video, we like, you know, it was like a half hour drive from our house, and we arrived, and the director Nick McKinley was like, "So we'll set Dolly up in the next room." And we were Alex and I looked at each other, and we were like, "It was like that Home Alone moment." We were like, "Dolly," <laughs> and we had to go back and get her. Has it has it inspired you to do some like Sergeant Pepper's style, like get cutouts of all the famous people you can think of, and like? Yeah. <laughs> build it you know this little army kind of going on <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that would actually be really funny someone was like yeah i have an adam sandler cardboard cutout so obviously there's like a, there's there's many of them out there <laughs> <laughs> there's a short film to be made in a dolly Parton adam sandler yeah. crossover <laughs> well i mean as well as uh, as dino's you've, you've been doing an incredible amount of work uh lending your vocal style recently to um people like bon Iver, Willaris k troy savan um just to name a couple of them when you work with other artists like that and then you head back into the writing room or the studio, do you ever feel like the sort of the, the tug to, to make music in a way that they're, ma- they're producing it or is it just like those little compartmentalised moments for you? Yeah, I think, I mean, you always learn so much from working with anyone, um, you know, and it's like I always take little pieces away from those interactions and, you know, add it into what I do. Um, with with Jack McAllister, who's Willerus K, it was like a bunch of like plug-in bundles that I'd like, never heard of, and, and he was like, "Yeah, this is sick. This is sick. This is sick." I was, like went and downloaded them all that night. Um, so yeah, I think um, you know when I did the track with Troy, um, that was just a really like beautiful singular experience. Um, we were in LA one day and had been kind of chatting on like Twitter, and then we yeah just like wrote a song together in like three hours. Um, about a postcard and that was really really <laughs> sweet and um, my sort of like interactions with the Bonnie camp um, have taught me a lot I in 2018 they ran a bunch of sort of festivals that were kind of like collaborative songwriting festivals and um, one in Eau Claire and one in Berlin both which I attended and I really finished my my last record finished writing my last record you know at, on those like during those experiences um, and yeah, it was just surrounded by people that, that love making music and love being creative. And um, I think that, yeah, if, if you don't learn something from those experiences, you're kind of missing the point. 
I mean, Bonnevar and, and yourself obviously probably have a, a much more similar sort of style of writing, as you're saying, to maybe Willaris K. So did you feel like it was uh, that was a more close match or did you feel like there was, you know, sometimes the, the two complete opposites sort of sounds might go a bit more hand in hand? Yeah, I think like it's funny, like, you know, the the end result is definitely not always reflective of the process. So like if, if two artists have a, have songs that sound similar or whatever, like they actually can take really different routes to get there. Um, so I don't think I've, I've ever, like I've rarely worked with someone and been like, wow, we have exactly the same, you know, <laughs> inclinations or, or we work yeah. in exactly the same way. And that comes down to, you know, your like instincts with melody, instincts with kind of chord progressions, you know, and then on another layer with, you know, production and, and the way you kind of engineer a session. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, all of those experiences, it, they, they've been as diverse as each other. That's, yeah, fair enough. And I suppose you're now like one degree of separation away from Taylor Swift. Are you going to be on that third follow-up <laughs> folk album? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I'll be knocking on the door with the Dolly Parton cardboard cutout. For sure. Oh, hey, if you've got the Dolly Parton cardboard cutout, you're halfway there, I reckon. <laughs> the, uh, as well as, you know, those, those awesome collabs, you've also been um, having some, some huge success with uh, your songs featuring a lot of uh, film and TV. You've, you know, you've been in The Walking Dead, Vampire Diaries, and the follow-up to uh, All the Boys I Loved. Did you, when you sort of got onto these sort of, these awesome soundtracks, did you then go, I need to binge watch the entirety of this show, like get back around it? <laughs> I haven't actually, but that that's, I don't know why that idea hasn't dawned on me before. <laughs> um, I did watch the To All the Boys I've Ever Loved sequel, um, not knowing that my song was at the the very end of the film. So oh, so I they like, made you watch the whole thing. They were like, this is, we've got to, she's, she's got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but those, um, yeah, all those things are like total gifts, you know, like, like, I mean, we call that sync in the industry, like when your song gets a sync on a TV show or a movie or whatever, and like that, um, you can never really predict that, like, you know, it's just like things will happen or they won't. Um, but I, you know, I really um, have come to, especially in COVID times, really rely on that. As, and a lot of artists have as like an income stream because you know you get a, a song on Vampire Diaries or Walking Dead or whatever it is and um, that you know keeps putting food on your table. So um, yeah, but I should I should eat the food on my table and binge watch those shows for sure. It's, well, you can eat on the couch if you've got to do it that way. Like. True, a stable table. Have you ever oh one of those? shit! <laughs> the, little, the cushion on the bottom. Yeah, oh, yeah, the drain, exactly. and it, it's got a like a lip, so it catches anything that you drop. <laughs> when the yeah. peas roll off the plate, oh, hundred percent. Exactly. I think that's you got to go for that now. <laughs> and I mean, no doubt you've been asked a million times about your transition from from medicine into music. So I'm going to skip that question, but I'm going to actually go the other way around and say, you know, mm. it, it seemed you were helping out doing some medical work through COVID nineteen and 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 the, and the pandemic response. Did you ever have the the inclination to go? You know what? This is this might be the moment when I have to make the jump back. Yeah, I mean, I think to be honest, like I've started looking at these two industries that I work in, medicine and music, as like almost like tide, like ocean tides. Like they sort of have their moments where they like they go out and they retreat and they I just kind of try to like jump on the right one as it's heading, you know, towards <laughs> the shore. <laughs> Not to get too figurative here, but um I think, you know, the pandemic presented this opportunity where like I couldn't I couldn't do my music job effectively. I couldn't tour. Um, so that was just a whole chunk of time that I had carved out that I didn't need anymore. And so then I could kind of, you know, jump over into med and do those hospital shifts. And then I worked all over the summer 
um, in a hospital in Melbourne and, um, you know, there were some pretty gnarly moments, but um, it fortunately, you know, improved um, and now I'm back touring. So, yeah, you know, it is just like, I don't know, I think I just have to go where the where the open doors are really. Yeah. And I mean, nothing changes the tide quite as drastically as a, a full on pandemic, I guess. True, yeah, that's just a real <laughs> tsunami sort of yeah, <laughs> event. Well, I mean, hopefully there's not too many more of those those kind of tide changes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, you've been you've been announced on the the Cellar Door series with uh, a personal favorite of mine, Ben Folds, um, which is which is awesome. It's kicking off uh, in the Hunter Valley later in this month. Do you think that the 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 your performance style is going to change at all to accommodate like how the crowd has to be set out? Is you know it's less of an intimate experience with social distancing. Yeah, um, potentially. I mean, I think that like I have always been a fan of like um, like I, I've always tried to have different variations of my show, like as if it's, you know, when you get like one of those blender things and it's like you can make five different like configurations <laughs> with these same pieces. Um, that's kind of my like MO with the live show. Like I think that, you know, I love playing the full band where we've got like a, you know, a four, five, six piece or something and we're in some beautiful theatre and, you know, and, and that's kind of its own beast, but it doesn't always work in every setting. And, you know, even on this tour that I'm kind of doing at the moment, I've played like some full band, some as a two piece, some solo. Um, I think the Hunter Valley will probably, I'll probably do as a two piece. The girl who's been playing like guitar and doing backing vocals for me, Beck Goring, um, will come along. And yeah, I think it will be like the right, um, the right vibe for that. But for, for music like mine, these COVID safe shows actually like, they, they they don't they almost make it better because people like people don't want to stand and listen to this music they want to sit in a chair and they want to like order wine on a QR code and you know that's the best way to watch a show in my opinion you haven't had to like break up any circle pits in the front of a Gordy show yet not yet no but who knows people leave people in a pandemic long enough you know what will happen yeah some metalhead's gonna come down and be like you know what this is this is the first gig I this can is get all to. I got. <laughs> And I mean, you both you and, and Ben Folds have a, an affinity for for great melodies and, and the ivory keys. We might see some duets on stage, or <laughs> oh, look, you give his people a call and let me know. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll get under them after this, and we'll, we'll sort it out. For you. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time this afternoon, and no, and yeah. for everyone listening, uh, Dino's is, is streaming now on all your pl- favorite platforms. So definitely give it a listen. It's a it's been a real favorite of mine over the last couple of weeks. But Sophie, thank you so much for for coming on and taking the time. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.